Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast. This is episode 54. I'm Single White Medusa on Medusa Monday, and this is... Nicole. <laughs> you feeling shy today? Feeling shy. No. That's <laughs> my job. It's Medusa Monday. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Get with the program. That's what... You want me to take over and be my winning, sparkling person? <laughs> yeah. Instead of Mr. Minimal? Yes. Yeah. Which is how I am on Sundays. That's true. I mean, not quite that yeah. bad, but yeah. And you always, quiet. what happens on Sundays? I know that that's the case, but I always, I just can't help myself but say, are you just being quiet because it's Sunday? Because <laughs> it always feels like, is everything okay? Are you yeah. mad? Are you yeah. like, are you, are you depressed? Is rage. something wrong? <laughs> but am I ever depressed? No, that's I'm why. I'm never I, depressed. No, but like. And am I ever mad? Possibly, but when? Not, no, I mean, not like, I'm, usually. I'm never mad. I don't know, but you know, like, but, yeah. if I suddenly was like, just like, yeah, not talking at all, you'd be like, what's wrong? You know, just kind of. Do like you know that. when the other time you do it to me is? When you're hungry. Yeah. Yeah, and now I've kind of learned, like, okay, he's probably hungry, and then I'll he's just say, like, oh, uh, are you hungry? <laughs> and you'll be all, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, that's but why you're quiet. Don't talk hungry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm used to your. Um, scintillating conversation all the time and it's sorely missed when it's not there well I hope you missed us this weekend then people who listen to this podcast are friends uh, we are having a Starbucks coffee on this Monday because uh, I'm knee deep in writing right now Forgotten Ruin 4 and Single White Medusa is editing it and it's apparently in horrible shape <laughs> no I just said it was a little rougher as oh, far as, man. Uh, like, you know, just sentences that need to be fixed that don't make sense. Not like, I said, the story's good. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's almost like you just got extra good recently. Like, where you'd give me stuff and I'm like, this is already in really good shape. And I I could sort of breeze through it. It just is like more like normal editing now where, where you have to be like, wait, what's he trying to say? <laughs> oh, okay. You know, that's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think you're, you're, you're a big part of the team. Hey. You know. I'm a little part, but yeah. I do what I can. No, you do great. I just try to, uh, you know, make uh, make David Gatewood, your final editor's job, a little easier yeah. by having it in, you know, better Make David shape Gatewood's life easier. <laughs> Should be a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, would you like a drink of coffee? I would love it. It's the brown sugar flavor they have now. Yeah, and and I think you only got one pump, and it's like I only ever get one pump, even in a vente. Yeah. If you get like their recommended pumps, like you get diabetes. It's like six pumps. I mean, I guess like if you're used to that and you like it, not to put it down, but like to me, it's like oh, I can't do it. It tastes gross. I'm gonna wait until they offer twelve pumps (laughs) if you get a vaccine shot. Exactly. Like, hey, go to go to go to uh, go to Starbucks and uh, inject this science experiment into your life. And we'll give you a free latte. Like, which has literally been, you know, uh, like, it's interesting. Someone had posted, and we talked a little bit about it over the weekend, but someone had posted the four stages of control, and, like, the second stage is bribes. Yeah. And it's funny. They did go to bribes, and now we're in the third stage. I think we're about ready to enter the fourth stage. And the third stage is threats. So, you know, the rhetoric was definitely there last week, and I was saying, like, hey... Watch, it's going down. It's it's starting to happen, and then and then this odd thing happened. Barack Obama just decided, like, 
he was going to party like it's 1999 because it's his 60th birthday when everybody hasn't been able to like wish gam gam off the old mortal coil of earth or get married or you know their little children are in mass today at school and there's barack obama who side note still can't dance um you know partying and it was like it's such a tone deaf thing i think there's two reasons for that reason one is the benefit of the doubt reason which I don't even, that sounds too nice, but I think what Obama might have been trying to do or the overstate was trying to do is like, because like on Sunday after the party, some just complete idiot reporter said it was a sophisticated and vaccinated party. So possibly the selling point that they were trying to make is like, Hey, if you get this vaccine, you can party like it's 1999. And that's definitely like now we found out that the White House, did you know this? That the White House is paying influencers on TikTok to to make videos. And they're making like a thousand bucks a video or whatever it is. Even more, like five thousand. I've heard it might even go up to fifteen thousand of your money. That's not exactly. white. That's yeah, what I was that's say. not White House money. That's yo money. That's insane. And uh, so what is this for? To and like... they're making videos. And like there is an annoying one of this little gay boy who is making this video at the White House. And he's just he's too over the top, too queeny, all this kind of stuff. And he's making this, you know, get a jab video. OK, so that's it. Just like videos to try to get people to get the vaccine. Yeah. Using influencers to to continue to do that. So crazy. And now we've moved into the um, the threats phase. You know, like if you don't do it, like, so the rhetoric was there officially and affirmatively. We've got to get tough, you know, Bill de Blasio. We've got to force them. Lena Wang, you know, we've got to make their life difficult, those kinds of things. Then lo and behold, the foot soldiers start to jump out this morning and say, it's time for these people, like literally, and you can see on my Facebook post, literally this guy posted a tweet saying that we all need to be lined up and shot. That was near so trenches insane. so they can just push it. I guess we have to dig our own trenches, you know, but I mean, this is, this is, this is not concentration camp stuff. I mean, here's the thing most people don't know. There's a difference between concentration camps and death camps. The Nazis had them. Um, a lot of people think they've been to death camps. They've only actually been to concentration camps. Most of the concent- concentration camps were in Germany. The death camps were in Poland. Wow. So the death camps are much worse. And what this tweet was describing was uh, death camp light in that they didn't even take the time to get you to the camp. They just shot you. It was very Soviet. Well, so, you know, I mean, they're all commies, so of course. But, you know, now and that and that wasn't like that guy immediately got ratioed. It seems he's taken down his tweet, you know, deleted his account. Um, But there are other people saying the same thing. And the main thing is, well, what did you think when you when you decided that, like, hey, the vaccine's not working and we pushed the vaccine and two weeks ago, the numbers were, wow, 25 percent of the people who were vaccinated are getting breakthrough infections and they seem to be a little sicker than the unvaccinated. Last week, it was "Hmm, this is interesting. Forty seven percent of the people are vaccinated and they're they're seeming to have problems. And now this week it's over 50, and that number is going to continue to climb because there are problems with the vaccine. Yeah, I think I even saw a story this weekend about, and I know this happened. Well, I know there was a different cruise ship early on, you know, where there were a, Diamond a bunch of yeah, a bunch of infections, but not. And this Come is not aboard. this is not that story. But Corona waits for you aboard the Diamond Princess. 
<laughs> Come and watch Nick's lounge act later this month in Vegas. You know, Just we <laughs> we got a free uh, uh, we did a we did a live show this weekend for a wonderful family. Nicole and I are thinking about taking our act on the road, and so uh, one of the listeners uh, and a reader wanted to meet us in person and get some books off of us. I don't know if he wanted to meet the show in person. But we decided to just go ahead and perform our show for him. No, we were just us because that's the show, just being us. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, if you want the Nick and Single White Medusa experience uh, live, it seems to be a thing that you can have. Yeah. No, so They anyway, were wonderful people. We had they coffee. Were. They were that really beautiful nice. beautiful old boy. Yeah. Really nice. Enjoyed that a lot. Me too. Um, so, no, about... So there was a cruise ship... I think it was also Carnival, but don't quote me on that, but it, I think it said it departed July 31st from Galveston. Anyway, the entire ship was vaccinated, and they've now had a massive breakout on the ship. Yeah. No unvaccinated people on the ship, so there's a nice example that it's not the unvaccinated people that are making you sick, you know? But to be fair, uh, Carnival is the rent-a-center of, of uh, court rent-a-center of cruises mm-hmm. like i mean literally they give that cruise away for like 199 dollars, and you can find romance and liquor on the high seas <laughs> you won't even want to leave the boat because you'll be so drunk in your tiny prison cabin yeah i mean i don't know i speak from <laughs> experience I've, I've, no they are they're like one oh, that, they that, like that three day that three day mexican cruise is That's like crazy. one yeah like how do they even charge that little <laughs> so, <thing? such> a, <laughs> it is such a it is such a um Leaving Las Vegas of cruise lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just awful. I know. And then as far as other threats, I did not see this, but I read about it. Okay. Um, Bill Gates, apparently, someone pointed out, like, it's creepy that Bill Gates smiled or laughed or something yeah. when he said maybe um, you should take away Social Security benefits from people that are not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe what the maybe heck? maybe you should take away their benefits. That's people's livelihoods. Maybe they shouldn't be people. allowed to shop. Maybe they shouldn't be allowed to go see the Eagles in concert. Maybe their kids shouldn't be with your kids. Maybe they shouldn't live in the same neighborhood. They could have like a, I don't know, we could call it a ghetto or a program. Maybe they <laughs> should have to wear, I don't know, like a yellow star. Maybe we should make them dig their own trenches and line them up and shoot them against the thing. And then finally, you know, like... It's amazing the, the, the lengths these people are willing to suggest for the greater good. There it is. And, like, you want to say, like, well, what if we did that? Oh, my You know, gosh. what if we turned around and said, there's some things that you do that we don't agree with. And I guess if you keep aborting your children or you keep uh, condoning this lifestyle or this political ideology or, hey, you keep taxing us to death. Why don't we line you up and shoot you? Why don't we remove your uh, ability to get your tax income returns? Like when we start playing this selective game that has nothing to do with the Constitution, we're not advocating that. We are advocating our constitutional rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But these little totalitarian, scumbag, fascist, Nazi perverts are like revealing themselves. Like can't even hide it like can't even hide it i know it's insane. and it's and, and it's insane it's gone to this level but again i was right right i said august was going to be wild and it's already mm-hmm. shaping up to be wild biden called a lid at 11 30 on a monday morning before <laughs> doing did? any work 
That means it's bad. That means Obama's party didn't play well in Peoria. Oh, you don't think it's because no. Biden's having a I, well, extra bad memory day? I think he's having a hard day every day. Yeah, exactly. But there's just things are afoot. Um, there's gonna be. I think there's gonna be some shenanigans with Kamala. I think in a perfect world they'd try to get Buttigieg in. Um, my Hollywood insider, who loves to listen to the podcast and has some interesting back channel things to say, um, decided that we could refer to him. He has christened himself as, um, let's see, where did he put that at? Belly dweller. So if you'd like a, if you'd like a, um, a tag because like because they're all doing the hey let's report on you and look stuff up and everything like that feel free to participate in this podcast or on the stack as as under your code name your call sign whatever you want to call it he calls himself belly dweller because he is in the belly of the beast in hollywood and mm-hmm. i can absolutely affirm to you that he is connected in hollywood working with some some people that you would go oh wow that's pretty crazy um but he's on our side, and he has some always some interesting things to say. So, um, Belly Dweller thinks it's going to be Pelosi's going to go for it. He thinks that Pelosi's going to um, make a move. Uh, we kind of we talked about that about some of the ways to do it. I think removing Kamala is the way to put either Buttigieg or Pelosi in there, and then um, and then basically twenty fifth or impeaching, allowing Biden to, to impeach. There is, there's a pretty hardcore press, full court press by Levin and Bongino to impeach Biden. And they make a really good case. Even if you can't do it, it's time to start slapping people around. And that's the way to do it. Yeah. Now, I don't understand. Um, first off, so how would they move Kamala? What would they use for that? I, I'm sure there's a process for that, but I more don't understand how do you get Buttigieg in there? Like, how would that take place, theoretically? Um, Buttigieg is in the line of succession. Oh. I think that there are ways that he could be nominated in or something like that. But Kamala, I would just say this. I wouldn't be riding on any airplanes with Kamala or any cars. That side, you know, like Hillary, that side, <laughs> you know, the things that we learned this weekend on watching our documentary. When they've got it into your hard drive to get you, like, you know... When you're flying back from the um, All-Star game with your kid in a private airplane and you've got some pretty damning evidence that supposedly leads to the White House about child molestation and things like that, well, they'll just blow your airplane out of the sky like they did that guy. I know. So there's that. I I would just say, if any of you Kamala supporters are, like, really into Kamala, I'd really consider don't ride on airplanes or get in cars with Kamala because my personal feeling, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but the way that I see it, you know, the way that I see the enemy moving around the battlefield is I see that Biden is one camp and Kamala is another camp. And Kamala is most likely being run by Hillary and Biden is being run by Obama. The biggest problem with Kamala is that Kamala is always team Kamala. Mm-hmm. Kamala is not a true believer in anything. Kamala could just as easily be a Republican if it worked out for her. She'll do whatever it takes to put herself in charge and having power and i don't even think for power's sake i think she just wants money and for the true believing left which obama really is in a certain way um that doesn't work for them they can't have somebody that will do a deal sell out their agenda whatever what they need are people like obama and Buttigieg, who were precocious children 
very well educated um, who believe that they have they, who have a messiah complex and are playing to go down in the history books as great all they had to say to Obama was you will be the first this you will be the light bringer you know and and he was all in for whatever they wanted to do at any time because remember Obama is against gay marriage and then evolves on the position so that he can attain greatness Buttigieg is act absolutely the same person Kamala is a completely different person Kamala is someone who's actually and you know take this with a grain of salt who's had to earn her way to her positions mm -hmm. you know like I'm just putting it in, in whatever currency it was she worked to get it now you, you do have to just recognize that about your enemies you have to recognize that about people Kamala is one of those people that is willing to do anything to get what she wants that's very clear if you know the history mm -hmm. you know so Buttigieg and Obama different people you had to play to their ego. Kamala has, believe me, Kamala, you can't have any ego and be Kamala. Can't do it. Yeah, exactly. And then... Little Willie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> what was up with those decontamination tents that you showed me that they were putting up yeah. in a neighborhood yeah. in Australia? Like just in yeah. a people's neighborhood yeah. in front of every Australia single Australia has gone full Orwell and they're putting up, you can see the video uh, online. Um, they're putting up full decon tents in front of everybody's house because they they're they're just you know we're in this weird moment where the greater United Kingdom, which is Canada, which is England, which is Australia, the Commonwealth as they like to call it, which is a large part of Western civilization, and then by default because the com Commonwealth was such a huge influence on Europe, you have Europe. The global and that's really globalism right there. The United States would love to be globalist, but the only people in the United States who would love to be globalist are the elites who've been basically captured by globalism. The average American does not want to be a globalist. The average American would like to see hometown prosperity come back to his town. He'd like to see the steel factories start up. He'd like to see people do industry and business she would like to see her children have great schools she would like to see you know um, American ingenuity and enterprise those are Americans the average American in my opinion is not a globalist only sort of the elite and then the brainwashed who have come out of college they they somehow think that they're tied to this greater global community and that everybody in other worldviews and you know the the Africa umfufu people and the Fijian you know pango pango people that all these people have the wisdom of the ages and that they're the wise ones and uh, you know the Afghan tribesman knows the world you know you you'd see this some sometimes coming through in writing in Hollywood like even in 24 one time where Jack Bauer has to pray with a Muslim you know and and people always forget like these are Bronze Age societies these are societies that have only been default lifted up by Western civilization. And they're still, like, given the chance, they will revert back. Like, just so you know, when I went through Army uh, OCS with a Tongan, and there was a Samoan in another class, and the Samoan was afraid of the Tongan. And I said, why is, why is he so bothered by you? And he said, because 100 years ago we used to eat his people. And that's true. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. And Tongan, have you ever met Tongans? They're huge. They're not like Samoans. Samoans are where Samoans are wide. Tongans are huge, tall. This guy was like the smallest guy, and he was like six seven, six eight in his family. He was like the runt. Um, but 
people don't remember that like in a lot of the times western civilization is the thin veneer of civilization madness and when you when you take that away it becomes the hutu and the tutsi i'm i'm not kidding and if you think in any way shape or form in this podcast i've defamed other races you will find a person in single white medusa can attest to this i love other cultures love them and everything like mm-hmm. that but i'm honest about them yeah. and 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 we've all got problems there's no perfect culture because there's no perfect man but there's a lot to be said for western civilization keeping the lights on in the world which it has done since the dark ages so just keep that in mind but the elites always use this sort of like let's bash western civilization so that we can move towards and this is the big shocker that a lot of people will tell you a lot of CEOs and corporate executives look at communist China and they go, that's the system. Mm-hmm. You have a massive population that is little more than slaves, and then you have an oligarchy that's in control of everything and every aspect, and it's very efficient. They think that's efficient when they look at the Uyghurs' uh, organs being harvested for Saudi Arabian sheiks to replace the organs that they've burned out on liquor, being that they're not supposed to drink liquor, uh, according to the... Muslim faith. Muslim faith. What's their book? Quran. Quran. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could call it the Korean, but that might offend the Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I almost said Torah, but that would have been wrong. Yeah, that would be wrong. So, um, so they look at that and they think that's perfect and they've got to get rid of Western civilization. So I'm circling around and telling the long answer. The only people who believe in this stuff are stupid, mind-controlled people in the thrall of the elites who think that we've got to to get to that now yeah. what was the original question because i was i was circling around that uh oh the uh well we were talking about the de- decontamination tanks yeah. in australia was like okay the last so yeah no no, no. Thing that I brought up. so so they're all kind of the globalists are kind of all going down this path of no matter what the data says and the cases versus the deaths and the fact that we're not reporting vaccinated versus unvaccinated, even though it's leaking out and it's not favorable, they're all using the COVID moment to once again politically seize power on everybody and create a constant state of fear. That is the right, you know, full stop. That is the saddest thing that I can say about this. I think the virus is legitimate. I think that there's something out there. My feelings are it's more in the orders of a really bad flu. Now, don't underestimate that. The flu kills people. Yeah. I, I think I, I had a flu so bad one time I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Um, so don't under, I'm not. That's not to be said lightly. But I think ultimately, if we would have done nothing, we would have come through this. If we would not have destroyed our economy. But the left saw it as a means to immediately get rid of Donald Trump. And the reason for that was is we were off schedule because Hillary was supposed to have us on this schedule, you know, where we're surrendering to globalism now. So that's why we've needed to move to these emergency things. The rest of the globalist community is going to say the death of one 80-year-old man in Australia means we, we, we point tanks at your homes, we move the military into the streets, and we put decontam- decontamination sites, tents, gates on your lawn, so that when you look out your door of your castle, you are reminded of how deadly the world is and that we are saving you and you live in a state of fear and you live in thrall to us. I saw a video today, I don't know if you saw this. 
In Paris, the gendarmes are going through cafes and checking vaccine passports. Whoa, no, Let me I see your papers. Let me see your papers. That's military soldiers there, right? Gendarmes, gendarmes? are police, but they, oh, are, okay, they are actually okay. kind of paramilitary. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So we're playing the let me see your papers thing. The entire Western civilization globalism has been convinced, and remember, Macron is a Rothschild's banker, mm-hmm. um, have been convinced to go down, what are we heading towards? We are heading towards what they what they feel would be right is like what I said. It's a CCP style system, in which there are oligarchs and serfs, and it's as George Carlin said, it's a big club, and you ain't in it. So guess which <laughs> side you're on. So, um, but we're not done. We uppity Americans. I think we can do this. I think that there is a rising consent of people who've had enough. We have many tools at our disposition to resist this tyranny. And I think we're about to see, I think the end of this week and the beginning of next is something is about to happen. Um, And I think that something is coming from them. And I'll say to what I said to Belly Dweller earlier today, I said, um, all of this stops immediately if someone on the other side would say, hey, we're not doing you're the dirty others. We're not doing your second class citizens. We're not doing, we're taking away your rights and forcing you at the point of a gun and with threats of the death camps and concentration camps. And we wouldn't have to want to have to separate your children. All of this rhetoric and insurrection and all these things that they're saying and this crash course toward oblivion that we are headed on stops. The moment on the, on the moment that either Joe Biden or Kamala, maybe her, somebody, Obama, I always thought Obama could have had a really great moment with Republicans if he would have just come out and said stuff like this. He could have gotten away with it. He could have been great instead of the scumbag that he is, but just says, we're not doing that. We're going to make our case. We're going to do it legally, but we're not turning our fellow Americans into enemies. But I can tell you that's not going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, don't hold your breath on that The plan says these jerks, us, need to be enemies by the 16th so that we can do this thing and that's what they're doing and that's why obama had his little party because it was the last hurrah before george clooney and spielberg and all of them get in their jets they go to their private islands that's a big thing they go to their bunkers in latin america they go to their mountaintops and their canyons because it's coming and they know that the rage will be directed against them yeah exactly but Belly Dweller thinks that's when they put the UN troops on the street. Whoa. Yeah. I saw this. Alexander. Tell me how exactly to say his name. Solzhenitsyn. That's always a hard one. Solzhenitsyn. 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 I feel like that's kind of close. I feel like I remember in the 80s, you know, like some Pravda announcer saying, Alexandra Solzhenitsyn. I saw a good quote from a good... Shevardnadze. A good quote quote from him today that reminded me of the current situation. We know they are lying. Yes. They know they are lying. Yes. We know that they know they are lying. Yes. They know that we know that they know they are lying. Yes. Yes. And still, they continue to lie. Yes. Yes. I was like, Again, if you have not seen The Death of Stalin, watch it. It sums up every damn thing. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect, dark, comedic betrayal of um, 
portrayal, not betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> portrayal of of what that system of Orwellian doublespeak means, you know, and how everybody gets caught in it. But it really is. It's a beautiful movie. I always want to watch it again, but you don't want to watch it anymore. No, no, no. I, I would watch it again. I just don't usually rewatch or or reread things because I'm always like, oh, there's so much more to to read and to watch. But I will watch it again with you. I liked it. it and the good. Zukov part is the best, gentlemen. I must represent the Russian army at the buffet. <laughs> like literally, that guy could make the Zukov biopic, and I'd watch it. I like the part um, where I think. A guy literally, Jeffrey yeah, Jeffrey literally Tambor. like speaks <laughs> out of both sides of his mouth at the same he time. He changes yeah. halfway through it's, a sentence yeah. to the other side because yeah. he kind of looks over and he realizes he needs it's to not say going the that other way. Thing yeah. and he just totally it's, says the opposite. That movie, like, it, it's brilliant in in their understanding of that kind of sort of advantageous conversationalism. It's it's really 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 good. But um, you know, so we did that. We went and saw a movie that I don't know that I'm going to recommend this weekend. Um, we saw the Annette musical because it was by the Sparks Brothers. Eh, it was a little weird. Uh, Adam Driver was great in it, but eh, it's a little too weird. Uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. It misses a few story beats, but it did have a big bucket of popcorn, so win, win, win. <laughs> exactly. Um, we had a nice dinner on Friday night. Yeah. We had a little... We had a little... We had uh, um, an entree... We had oysters. We had an entree of lobster and avocado and hearts of palm. Yeah, it was like... An appetizer. Yeah, an appetizer. But and then so we moved on to... We just did appetizers. Yeah. And then we did uh, another appetizer of fried potatoes, andouille sausage, celery, onions, and then a nice little squid tentacle sautéed on top of it. I know that sounds weird, but boy, that was that was really good. That was really Medusa good. had a bottle of champagne. You probably saw that picture on the yeah, Instagram. I didn't have the whole bottle, but that's why, that's why I was taking it home. <laughs> she drank some on the way home because that's how she likes to roll. I know. You told me to. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. We're having so fun. we did that. And then on Sunday night, we sat down to watch a documentary that I will recommend. And it plays to kind of our running theme point, talking point about the Department of Justice and the FBI showing up to save us all, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell everybody about that little documentary? Yeah. Um, let me double-check the name it's of it. It's called The Clown and the Candyman. Okay. I just want to make sure, because then the other thing you sent said two monsters. But That was the first episode. Oh, okay. I see. So, yeah. The first episode is about each of them. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode makes the point of... That this is maybe not just so. Why don't you tell us about the the, the doc- serial? First off, it talks about John Wayne Gacy. So you probably know about him. He was a clown who killed a bunch of kids. Exactly. I mean, he was actually the second person, but that's fine. Um, yeah, he was creepy. He was creepy. And he was a like somewhat involved in kind of democratic pol- democrat that's, politics. That's a point that they gloss like, over yeah. in it that he was really big into Chicago politics. Yeah, Chicago. Everyone knew him. Blah, blah, blah. And he would keep getting busted for these offenses, molesting people, um, things that were illegal at the time, sexual battery. Um, And amazingly, they just never put it together. They only caught him when a kind of well-to-do kid with parents that were concerned kept pressing them. Yeah. And then it, it, you know, like, it, and, and he'd never had this kind of victim before. 
He mainly picked up kids who had fallen through the cracks where no one would miss. And, um, but then in his biography, it begins to hint that he was kind of involved in this sort of pedophile network. And then the first part of the, the documentary talks about, um, is it James Corey? Something like that. He was known yeah. as the Candyman in Candyman. Texas. And he basically had a little um, pedophile ring. Him and two boys that he'd kind of like turned into a little cult. And they were again abducting sort of runaways and doing things to them and killing them. And and he had talked about being involved in a, in a pedophile ring out of Dallas. So these two stories begin to weave together and both you know again it's the line cops that are investigating that are doing the solid work and you can see um the bitterness in their doc in in their in their their testimonies when and they had they there was a third guy that wasn't necessarily a killer but he probably killed some people um what was his name i forget But he basically ran the pedophile newsletter. Yeah. And and... he had two henchmen that, oh, just happened to work for John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. And so he ran a huge pedophile network. And the main thing was he had this card catalog. And the card catalog had everyone in it. And the cops said, we can't name names because we don't have it anymore. And we can't make the investigation. But there were some really, really powerful people in there. But, I mean, and the reason they didn't have it anymore was basically, oh, you were going to explain it? No. Oh, okay. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the Department of Justice or the FBI or some sort of deep state thing like that kind of came DOJ, in and, FBI, and took it. They would every time. Now, this guy got, got busted multiple times with this card catalog. It was huge. Mm-hmm. It was cabinet files long. Yeah. For him to run this very extensive pedophile list that basically trafficked, trafficked young men and young girls to very powerful people. So that's all established. And the, here's the weird thing. It's not established in one case. It's established in about three different cases. And all of the detectives say, each time this guy got busted, we took the card catalog, three different occasions, and the card catalog appeared again. Now, this is handwritten. These are cabinets full. Now, either this guy had an eidetic memory, which means he had a photographic memory, mm. or there was a MasterCard catalog that he had access to. Or just a master catalog, <laughs> MasterCard. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like MasterCard, the credit card. I thought you misspoke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it never explained that, which is weird. It never explained that. Um, so... So, yeah, I mean, that's about all on that that I have. Well, not really. There's a little more to it. Um, So the card catalog keeps disappearing. And then the guy, like, this guy was lifetime in and out of jail. Didn't seem to bother him. And then the card, card catalog would appear. He would even do this in jail. He would even run this thing in jail and things like that in prison. It's a very sad, terrible life. Um but he had these connections with all these different serial killers and lo and behold each and every time that the card catalog surfaced and was taken into custody by the local authorities the doj would show up for a day an fbi guy would show up for a day seize the catalog and then disappear 
And they would never see it again. And they would never see it again, and no one knows where it is in all, all, you know, all three of them, in all three different occasions. And so people were continued to be hurt. People were continued to be murdered. Obviously, we know that these networks go on. This is mainly a 70s network. You can, it's a great documentary. You can rent it on YouTube. It's called The, the Clown and the Candyman. Remember this little weird thing. Um, the documentary people who made this documentary... They basically said, well, in this video footage where it's kind of flipping through that card catalog, you know, we kind of like paused it each time it would kind of be on one of the few that it flipped through that it showed. And we followed up on those names and we did look into them and didn't it say basically those few names that you could see in the video footage, they had all like died. Yeah, they had all, they had all, they had all died. They were also very powerful people. But again, like when you begin to put these documentaries together, this goes from the 70s through the 80s through the 90s and obviously these things were going on before but when they try to make these cases about edward corey i think that was his name or john wayne gacy saying that they were these lone you know and this is a standard fbi thing and you've seen this in movies the serial killer is a shark that hunts alone well when you look at these documentaries that's not necessarily the case the serial killer seems in these two cases at least to be an enforcer for the pedophile network to be an enforcer and a procurer. They weren't acting alone, not by any stretch of the imagination in these two cases. Yeah. But the popular common con- myth conception, misconception, myth conception, is that they're these sort of like, you know, lone predatory serial killer great white sharks, you know, weaving in and out of the dark depths of society in the night killing. I think that they are. But I think that they obviously have connected with networks and the networks are using them. And the networks were never shut down. The networks went on. But again, pattern recognition, looking at the story, it's amazing, even until Epstein, the amount of times that the FBI shows up to save the day for the killers. And that's the podcast.